Brittany Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 608. Welcome in to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. It is March 1st. 2022 Statehood Day. Happy Sesquicentennial yes. plus five. 1865. Seven. Seven. You have given I have like missed 12 it. 12 different years. I know it was I know it was in that post-Civil War era. <laughs> 1867. My goodness. <laughs> Yesterday I had it in 1869. You know, you don't I don't wanna. You know, just guessing people's age is never appropriate. So you don't want to, you know, get real specific about it. You don't look a day it's over. It's a nice looking 108 elderly state. <laughs> well, actually, it's a fairly young state in comparison to a lot of the other states. And so looking great. So now let's all sing Beautiful Nebraska. Beautiful Nebraska. <laughs> sang that song. We said, do you know that song? I don't think I could sing that song do you, right now. Do you know it? Beautiful Nebraska. I'm sure I heard it, but okay. I wonder. We should do a lyric challenge on it to see how well I remember it without cheating. Okay, let me Be- let me pull uh, this up. You, all right, you're gonna pull up the the lyrics here, and I got to do it over here because you could see that screen. I, Presumably, I, I actually can't. I actually don't think with your eyes you can. I don't know. I just, I mean, I just had my 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 eye appointment, but anyway. Okay, so I'm gonna start thinking really hard. So all in right. honor, boy, you got to do this on the state's birthday. You got to do it well. This would be a Kind of an an embarrassing thing here. All right, well, you're ready? right. It does start with beautiful Nebraska. Yeah, I got so that. Got so that. two for two. This is this is like my wordle. Um, <laughs> laced with pr- nope. Beautiful Nebraska. You're missing two words before you get to laced. The beautiful Nebraska. Da, da, da. Laced with many rivers and the grains of sand. Yeah, that's cool. You're still missing two words before you get to laced. Beautiful number. Can you give me a first Beautiful. letter? P. Beautiful Nebraska, peaceful prairie land. There we go. Laced with many rivers and the hills of sand. There it is. All these wonders. Nope. Dang it. Not Wait, stop- you, you just like mixed... That verse with the chorus. Beautiful Nebraska, peaceful prairie land. <laughs> Laced with many rivers and the hills of sand. Dark green valleys. Yes. Cradled in the earth. There it is. Pleasant nope. sunshine gives abundant birth. I'm sure that is somewhere in here. Um. <laughs> uh. All right. All right. Let me try it one more time. Beautiful Nebraska, peaceful prairie land, laced with many rivers and the hills of sand. Mm-hmm. You you were right on the dark green valleys. Dark green valleys. All these masters, all these wonders by the master's hand. You will find a rainbow reaching through the sky. If you could mix all of these together a little bit more. All right. Let's see. Like this, this is is not request line Friday yet, guys. Intro is this an instrumental version? (laughs) 
Mm. Oh, right, here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. Let's sing together. Beautiful Nebraska, peaceful prairie land. All right, got that so far. Laced with many rivers and the hills of sand. She rhymes out with hand, right? Dark green valleys cradled in the earth, earth. rain and sunshine gained gained abundant birth. birth. Yes. As you look around, Nebraska, as you look around. hand there in the chorus okay. yep all right i got it i get my nebraska card thank there you, you very much i nailed it and that was the version brought to you by the beautiful nebraska foundation oh nice who's singing that and i'm apparently people are mad at me for not that was uh julie baker anderson okay um jason's mad at me for not using the mike menard version oh okay cool I like the dance remix. That's the one I would have chosen. The twelve inch. I was ready for a uh, DJ Jazzy Jack to co- come in on the internet. We need. It's time to modernize it with, uh, you know, get the kids where we, we do things like I want. You know, I know I've been told to move to Iowa, but I say we ought to change the flag. I think we need a, uh, you know, a jazzed up modern version of Beautiful Nebraska. Don't change the lyrics; they're great, but you know, just something for the kids. You can add a little something. Oh yeah, a little as I call it, flavor. Perhaps put put a little bass with it. Get it. Get Olivia Rodrigo to do a verse on it. Mm. No, no, no throwing in lyrics about boyfriends, though. No boyfriends. <laughs> Nebraska is uh, is fiercely single. <laughs> yes, basically. you the camera. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. It's a learning opportunity. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, um, uh, anyway, happy birthday. Yay. And happy, here's a little birthday present for you. The Nebraska Economic Forecasting Advisory Board. Cha-ching, 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 boosts its revenue projections for the two years ending in uh, mid-year 2023 by $775 million. Is that good? That's good. Okay. Unless you don't like money. 
I do like money. Well, and that's good, I think, if you are cheering on the bill in the legislature right now that would cut, cut the individual and corporate income tax rates, eliminates income taxes on Social Security benefits, income tax credits for property taxpayers be continued, uh, property taxpayers being continued at the level that they are at right now. We talked to, you remember we talked to Tim Herza yesterday and he said this was going to be a kind of a key moment for the, the future of this bill. Um, but... They continue to boost those projections, despite the economy being what it is. The board produced uh, b- boosted those projections for the current f- fiscal year to five point seven two five billion dollars. That's three hundred seven million more than the number. And so, question is, how much of this you need to have in the cash reserve? Okay, I mean that that's your issue here. And how much do you need in it? Are you good in it right now? Or is that going to be something where you, you feel like, okay, we really want to make sure we got that rainy day fund that is available in, ter- in case there is uh, an economic downturn here. So good news there. Other things, uh, and by the way, on that, which, you know, I, I, I think it's a, uh, especially when revenue numbers are where they are, it's a good discussion to have to keep Nebraska competitive with states that are around it. Um I will say this, having done my taxes recently, the Nebraska I still got to do those. The Nebraska state income tax was the the least painful of that process by far and probably the least painful of a whole bunch of uh, uh of a whole bunch of regular tax payments that we all make, but it I mean it is what it is. I mean, d- dollars are dollars at this point. So I think that I think that maybe we'll do enough to put this thing over the edge. We'll see. So we got that. Uh, we find out today, I believe, uh, exactly how many signatures were gathered mm-hmm. as it pertains to the fairness ordinance. I fully expect they're going to say that they've got well more than the 4,000 plus. Than, Close to the 400,000? they needed. No, I don't think it'll be that high, but I think, uh, <laughs> but I think you'll be, I think they'll be comfortably, comfortably ahead of what that number is. And I then, saw them out and about everywhere. I don't think I've seen them yet. I saw multiple. Places. Where, like where? Uh, well, I saw them on a few different places on O Street, in particular over by the the Best Buy and that uh, that that Christian bookshop, Bible shop. On O Street, yeah. Huh. Not aware of that one. Okay, maybe they weren't set up around Holmes Lake. <laughs> You don't go anywhere besides Holmes Lake. I do. Lake too. I, where and, am I and, right now? I'm literally and, and on O Street. I'm literally on O Street okay, right now. Okay, you don't. Do you drive on O Street at all to get here? No, you don't. You no, go I down don't. A. That's not the best. That is not. I don't need to be sitting at that 70th and O exactly. left and turn arrow. And you can't see out our for, front window, so you haven't even seen O Street. I'm on O in Street. Weeks. That's false. <laughs> That's false. I'm just saying I hadn't I have not seen still the only petition I've been solicited to sign this year was at the Garth Brooks concert and it was the voter ID one you know solicited just out and about where I was Uh not a medical marijuana one yet didn't ever have anybody solicit me to to sign this one on April 20th what do you think the petitions are going to be like Around Pinnacle Bank Arena. <laughs> yes, I think, I think, yeah, 
It's going to be a voter ID. It's going to be maybe. <laughs> frankly, frankly, probably if you have a petition out there, you might as well get it out there at that point. <laughs> People are in a sign of mood. We'll see. We will see. So find out what that is. And then, you know, the next question is if they do have the uh, uh, the signatures, which, like I said, I think they probably will. What does that mean? Uh, it's it's my understanding that this is then a a special election. I, I believe it could be a by mail special election. Okay. Which, you know, what is that? What kind of turnout does that elicit as opposed to something where people have to go in person to actually do this thing? Mm-hmm. I, I don't totally know the uh, the answer to that, but th- those discussions are going to be coming up in the in the coming days as well. Oh man, so. I can't wait for people to talk about how that's rigged. <laughs> this is going to be a fun oh. next couple months. <laughs> Gosh, um, yeah, and, and it will also be interesting to see what kind of campaigns are are kind of going on around around the whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. are going to be are there going to be commercials? Are going to? I mean, are we getting full flung into the whole? the whole election thing, which we're jumping into with primaries anyway. Oh, right yeah, with the, with the primaries, it was already going to ratchet up yep. right now anyway. Yep. Absolutely. So we've got that continuing to keep an eye on what's going in Ukraine, going on in Ukraine right now. Uh, those talks that they did yesterday, Caleb, unsurprisingly, were not particularly productive in terms of changing anyone's stance on this whole thing. Uh-huh. And continue, Catania and uh, Kharkiv, it, it sounds like, again, hit really hard in the overnight hours. Um, lots of casualties associated with that. And the, the hard thing about this, and this is what every military expert was saying at the beginning of it, and I think there was underestimation of Ukraine's ability and, and I don't know, willingness is the word, but just kind of the 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 success that they could have early on in this thing mm-hmm. there was always i think there was always a little bit of an underestimation of that but the continued saying was at some point the volume of the amount of 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 troops and equipment and aircraft and all of these things at, at some point it's going to be too much for ukrainians um and I mean, they got. Have you seen the the air pictures of this like forty mile convoy that they've got? Yeah, heading into Kiev. Which, by the way, if they've got drones that are flying around, I mean, I don't know anything about warfare, so I'm not giving anyone <laughs> advice. But man, they look. I mean, there are aerial pictures of these things lined up. It looks like I eighty when it's you know when it's really packed after a Husker game, and I mean, they're just sitting ducks out there with this whole thing. But I you know I don't know what the capabilities are mm-hmm. to 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 attack those those sorts of convoys as well. But, guys, I'm afraid the news is going to get, I don't know. I'm not, been, I'm not optimistic about a resolution happening quickly. There has been some comforting things in reading this just about, like, ins- inspiring maybe is the word, about about the heroism, yeah. about sort of the, the uh, patriotism of people in Ukraine and people who are citizens and, and picking up yard and, and th- these things that have been on social media. And I'm not downplaying any of that, but I do. I just, I've just got a, a feeling about this as you continue to, 
to hear what Putin's saying, to continue to see the numbers and the volume of troops and the willingness to keep going forward is the determination to keep going forward with this, that you're going to have a different feel, I think, to this a little bit every single day that you go forward. So uh, that's the latest here. We're going to have more on that in the sound off. And Nebraska men's basketball, the hottest team in America, gets back at it tonight. Looking for a ranked win. Looking for a ranked win. Ohio State maybe giving Nebraska a little bulletin board material even. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Listen, there, there's. I'm going to keep riding on that win until this game is over. So I'm going to keep <laughs> acting like last time they took the floor is what we can expect every time exactly. they take the floor. And I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to soak it in. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it does, I am going to be annoying. Can't wait. All right. <laughs> 625, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 636. By the way, I didn't give you a full preview of the day's show. I apologize for that. I got busy singing Beautiful Nebraska. Um, I'll allow it. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska at 710. Uh, Morning Drive at 735. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. At 810, though, ooh, yeah, I got a little secret for you. At 810, we have got a candidate announcement that is <gasps> exclusive ooh, That's right. to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Ah, I forgot about that. And I that. will tell you this. It's a name that you know, and it is a previous office holder. Previous office. And this person, Dave Heineman. he or she, is seeking an office that they have not held in the past. And it has not been made public yet, but it will be here. Dave Heineman for county assessor. I'm not saying no. Okay. Well, I've got saying no, I've but got he does. Four, I've but got that forty would be, minutes to put it out there. But, but hour forty. Why would he be the Lancaster County Assessor? Wouldn't he lives in Fremont? I don't care. I don't think. Those, I don't know if he's eligible. I for don't that. care what the rules are. The rules are there ain't no rules. I don't know that he's eligible for that. Well, racing. I don't for think pinks. that's. I don't even think that's up for a while. Okay, but <laughs> no. All right, so I'm going to keep it a secret, though, per this person's wishes, until eight ten. You'll have to listen to find out who it is and what office they are seeking. You guess at home. You th- if you think you know, you can text me. What high school did she go to? I'm not saying if it's a he or she. Ah, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Not saying. It is one of those, but I'm not saying. <laughs> Just to be clear. How dare you place pronouns on whoever Unless, this No, it, I think this person would allow me to. I'm fairly sure. Fairly sure it's all right. So, all right. Cool. Anyway, if be right listening at eight ten, and then eight thirty five. We got John Baylor, and he's not running for anything. Okay, as far as I know. But if he wants to use the time to make that announcement, then he can do that as well. No, he's going to tell us the depth at the middle blocker position without a uh, Kalen Meyer. Oh yeah, give a full beach volleyball breakdown. Yeah, because they started last we, week. We and... watched. Uh, we watched. Uh, we watched him take out Wayne. I'm not a guy. The the college <laughs> no they they were i mean they might they might have looked for 
Uh, all right, it is time for the sound off. Uh, let's uh, let's start with some of the Ukrainian updates here and the things that are going on there. Uh, again, yet over the weekend, uh, one of the biggest parts of news was uh, Putin stating that he was going to prepare, um, uh, I guess, raise the nuclear defcon so to speak mm-hmm. in in moscow and a lot of discussion about what that means for the u.s response on that let's find out a little bit more biden had something interesting to say about that yesterday house considers putin's nuclear threats to be posturing when asked about it president biden's response was plain mr president should americans be worried about nuclear war no Last night, a classified briefing was held between top administration security officials and senators. They laid out the direction that they expect this invasion to take. Also yesterday, Ukraine's ambassador to the U.S. pleaded with lawmakers for more weapons and aid, but the request for that no-fly zone over their country is not realistic, according to the White House. Now, the U.S. has expelled 12 Russian diplomats from the United Nations for national security concerns. The Kremlin has called this an act of aggression. Yeah, it seemed like in the last 24 hours, that whole no-fly zone discussion was the kind of the debate du jour when it comes to United States slash NATO foreign policy as it pertains and uh, some some who are saying look this is this is a, a step that you can you, you can take right now and you should take right now and those who are opposed to it saying well that is that's basically ramping up the level of engagement uh, and escalation in this entire thing and that's something that the NATO countries continue to want to be very careful about that line and that would be over that line meanwhile though uh overnight overnight here during the day in the in ukraine more attacks especially on the city of kharkiv uh which second largest town in the country and they've been taking significant damage over the last 48 hours some of our sourcing on the ground is telling us that this was an attempt at a targeted assassination we don't have any word on casualties from this particular strike but the city of kharkiv was subject to really unrelenting and indiscriminate rocket fire throughout the day right in the center of the urban population uh what we really know from uh, casualty figures figures there, uh, just that they are in the dozens. Now, west of the city of Kharkiv, the town Oturka, there's a military base there, and uh, the reporting now is that that was hit with an artillery shell. It took a direct hit, and the figures we have right around 70 uh, dead in the Ukrainian military. And, and I should have given you a little bit better of an intro to that because the reference there when they were talking about it potentially being an assassination attempt, this was a strike on a Ukrainian government building in central Kharkiv. These were videos that Ukrainian Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Ukrainian government officials had posted. Uh, and this is coming after Zelensky accused Russia of committing war crimes by the bombing of Kharkiv and uh, with civilians that took casualties as well, even beyond what happened with that government building as well. So, uh, that I mean, that's a little bit of what I'm talking about at the beginning of the show, where this the the images, the stories, everything around it are are. I mean, this this is what happens uh, when there's combat. But there, I think that you're going to feel it have a little bit of a turn to this sort of inspirational social media bent to kind of the realities of the things that are going on right now and the the huge losses that are going to be taken as a result of what's going on in ukraine right now meanwhile 
More sanctions from the West. Will they do uh, enough soon enough? President Biden spent time on the phone with NATO leaders from all of the big countries working together to make things difficult for Vladimir Putin. The White House announced new sanctions targeting Russia's central bank, which blocks the ability to redistribute assets and evade sanctions that were announced over the weekend. And the ruble hitting a record low against the U.S. dollar. It forced the Bank of Russia to close stock trading on the Moscow exchange. Also, Ukraine's foreign minister tweeted that he spoke to Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Minister Kuleba said that Ukraine needs more weapons and sanctions, and he claims that Secretary of State Blinken assured the U.S. would help with both. Have you uh, seen any of the charts of the Russian stock market or the value of the ruble Uh -uh. or anything like that? Just crashing? Yesterday... Record low. A ruble is now less than a cent, a U.S. cent. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Dropped 26% um, to 105.27 per dollar. So it's worth a little bit, you know, 0.92 or whatever that is of of a cent. It was 84 per dollar late on Friday. Okay. So that's... um, that's where it is at this point. And, you know, the, the result of that, of course, is has an impact on on the Russian elites and uh, and and those that are trying to put economic pressure on. But the other thing is that makes inflation in the country as a whole. And we know about this, but uh-huh. I mean, it takes it to a brand new level. Um, And, you know, I, I think. That may be by design to some degree, but there's a lot of there are a lot of Russian people who aren't <laughs> who are may not be supporting this and who aren't doing this that this will end up affecting. I think the hope is as they continue to have prices go up for these sorts of things, the pressure comes back from within Russia mm-hmm. to the government saying, "Hey, it's time to stop this thing, larger demonstrations um larger larger issues at home at this point but I mean, so if, I mean, right now these the the people who are impacted by this they're they're scrambling. You got government reserves that are going down significantly, um, or that you can't have access to at this point, and they're scrambling to sell that currency that they've got for assets that are going to be more stable throughout the course of these of these sanctions that are going on. By the way, that SWIFT, if you guys heard about the, the SWIFT financial uh, thing that there was a debate at the beginning, Biden said that there wasn't enough agreement that NATO would take Russia out of. Um, then they they then they decided to go forward with it. This is a financial messaging system, moves like billions and billions and billions of dollars around about 11,000 banks and financial institutions on on the world. This was actually something... Um, that they had discussed in 2014 during the Crimea situation. But now, the, so this disconnection from SWIFT that happened in the weekend is is partial, as I understand it. So there's still room to make it more of a full disconnection from SWIFT, this messaging system, this transfer system that's out there in Europe. The United States still have options to go further. But I, it sounds like they're still trying to decide which banks are cut off and instead of just a general cut cut the thing anything dealing with russia it's kind of a more targeted 
specific surgical type, to use a military term and medical term, uh, uh, disconnection from the places that would be most impactful. Uh, so we've got that. Th- th- this is interesting as well. So one of the big things that obviously it, you need if you're on the ground in Ukraine, um, whether as part of the military process or anything, you, you, you need Internet, right? You need that Internet connection for such a variety of reasons. And there's concern about the infrastructure there being um, devastated to the point that you're not able to you're not able to get Internet. And that would be catastrophic. Well, evidently, Elon Musk is stepping in here to help out with that situation. Ukraine is getting free Starlink Internet in the hopes of alleviating Internet outages caused by Russia's invasion. Elon Musk's SpaceX has launched about 2,000 Starlink satellites into orbit, and they provide high-speed Internet by connecting with user terminals on the ground. Ukraine's vice prime minister tweeted out a photo of a truckload of those terminals Monday, confirming they had made it into the embattled country. Because Starlink is space based and not linked on the ground the system is supposed to be excellent for use in war or disaster zones till nato fox news so taking out ground infrastructure isn't going to damage the access that starlink provides with this whole thing and then and then there's these um (laughs) then there's these stories as well so i don't know if you saw this uh putin lost a like an honorary position within the world judo governing board yeah. Did you see that well that's not it now they're taking away his belts in the martial arts Ooh. world taekwondo monday condemned the russian invasion of ukraine while announcing they will follow the recommendation of the international olympic committee by not allowing russian or belarusian national flags or anthems to be played at events also announcing that those countries will not be permitted to host tournaments until further notice the martial art governing body adding quote world taekwondo has decided to withdraw the honorary ninth degree black belt conferred to mr vladimir putin in november 2013 this news follows an announcement by the international judo association that the Russian leader will no longer be an honorary president and ambassador of the sport. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. And then you've got, you know, people people protest in interesting ways, um, you know, especially here. One of the things that people thought it made sense to do was quit buying Russian vodka or maybe even pour out their Russian vodka symbolically. But the issue is... A lot of that vodka is not. It's, it's not actually it's not made in Russia, it's not Russia or Russian at all. Take a second before dumping out that bottle of liquor. Over the weekend, some states and bars began restricting the sale of Russian liquor. People even posting videos on social media pouring out the liquor. The only problem, many were boycotting the wrong brands. Stoli Vodka, the kind that is sold here in the United States, is actually made in Latvia, which is a NATO country, while Smirnoff is made in the United States. Both brands now trending on social media as people want to make sure that the boycott is being effective against Russia. Mike Gunzelman, Fox News. Well, I'm not protesting, but I don't know when the last time I bought vodka is. Ugh. Ugh, I just get an upset stomach just thinking okay, about I'm it. I'm sure. I bet, I bet we've bought vodka within the last year. Oh, I don't know. For some reason, I just, uh, I don't. I don't know if there was a bad experience at some you time. You gotta or mix what, it with but, something. Yeah. I'm not doing vodka. Oh. So, Code Red is the move. Is Booth Mountain Dew, Code Red. Code Red oh. and vodka. That's the move. <laughs> oh, that's. Uh, 
no comment. You have never video gamed harder. I until guess not. Code Red and Vodka. I guess not. Uh, last but not least, let's get a little bit of a uh, State of the Union preview. Yes, Joe Biden takes to the stage tonight to give that State of the Union. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is expected to be the primary focus of President Biden's speech tonight after Democrats had hoped the address could help reset Biden's economic agenda. Biden is also expected to talk about soaring inflation, pandemic fatigue, and his controversial pick for the Supreme Court, as well as his embattled Build Back Better agenda. Those topics are all front and center for Americans who largely disapprove of the president's performance, according to recent polling, including a career-low 37% from this ABC Washington Post survey and a recent Fox News poll showing a majority of Americans, nearly 60%, say the country is worse off than just a year ago and are personally impacted by spiking inflation. All right, and last but not least... They went at it all day and well into the night last night in Jupiter, Florida, Caleb. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Major League Baseball Players Association and the owners. Arguably the worst negotiation that took place yesterday. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, well, maybe not, not. Not a big May, fan of MLB owners. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. Monday turned to Tuesday for negotiators from Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association with signs of progress towards achieving a new collective bargaining agreement. Monday was the soft deadline by the league to hash out a deal and avoid canceling games this season, with league officials early in talks even threatening to cancel as much as the first month of action. However, both sides got past that hurdle, working on key economic issues like revenue sharing and minimum player salary, but there had been the snag regarding reformatting the play- Playoffs, as the players' union is pushing for just 12 teams to make it, the league wants 14 in the postseason. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. All right, so soft deadline. So maybe if they get it done today, oh, we're still on. good for opening day. Give Nebraska the birthday president deserves. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you know what? You get someone for their 155th a, a baseball season. A baseball season. That's exactly right. <laughs> Eight, or excuse me, 653, uh, 853 for our listeners in the Atlantic Ocean and Northern Canada. All right, we're going to grab a break right now. Got Jason Ball from the Chamber coming up next on KLIN. An economic conversation for our city and upcoming events with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce on LNK Today. All right, time to talk to Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Jason. How are we doing today? I am fantastic, Jack. How are you? Good. Uh, uh, let's jump right into it. Yesterday, Caleb and I uh, talked a little bit about this study regarding a convention center, and we kind of went into some of the locations and, and talked about it. But what was, and I know LCVB, uh, Downtown Rotary, DLA, were, were, a part, were a part of a kind of commissioning this mm-hmm. thing. But what was like, what, what were they hoping to find out? What were you hoping to find out most specifically from this study, and what did you find out? Well, so this is a study that leads with questions. Uh, we were really wanting to find out plausibly if this community wanted to make the investment in in uh, uh, setting up a convention center facility like this. One, is there a business case to do that? And two, plausibly, where might it go? And as you're aware, they, they brought back uh, five potential sites, and I can't stress enough, a site has not been selected. The chamber hasn't uh, picked a site. The CVB hasn't picked a site. There's a lot of homework left to do on all of this. But the business case was very clear. We're very confident that this community can support a successful convention center. 
the and the the timeline for something like that i mean you you start a study and obviously there's questions about financing right there's questions about location all of those things but yeah. is i mean is this something that can but you also want to move on it i think to some degree because you got towns all over i mean you go into carney right now you go into york you, you've got these convention centers that weren't weren't there 10 years ago um yeah. what's what's a timeline what's what's next with this whole process you know, again, I think timeline is another is another uh, question mark that we're going to have to sift through. It's certainly, I would anticipate, going to be on the order of, of a couple of years at least. Um, we got a lot of homework to do, and we're going to be deliberative about that process. Um, you know, at the same time, Jack, I'll, I'll remind folks when we did the vote on the arena uh, right around that time, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not we could accommodate a convention center mm-hmm. next to it. Mm-hmm. And the price tag was uh, just, I think, more than people were prepared and comfortable with. Um, and at that time, Omaha was having a lot of financial troubles with its convention center, and that might have weakened the, the vote. And yeah. So we did the prudent thing back then. We took a measured response. And, and now we're, we're taking a measured response on the uh, success of the Pinnacle Bank Arena to see if the convention center would work. So we're going to keep working on that. I want to uh, thank Jeff Mall for his work. He's the vice president for the chamber and executive director of the Convention and Visitors Bureau. All right, I got, a, I got about a minute left, Jason. I've been reading a little bit about this proposal in front of the city council that involves city contracts and getting uh, kind of an advantage for contractors that have apprenticeship programs. What, what do you know about what's going on here exactly? Yeah, so so the proposal would be an ordinance that gets a 5% credit on city bids to contractors that use apprentices uh, for at least 10% of their of their projects. Um, and the, the apprenticeship program has to be one that's registered with a state or federal department or a training program with a union. Now, the Chamber's position on this is we love apprenticeship programs. We think they are great. They're excellent tools. Our members are using them a lot. But what, what complicates things is when you're giving that 5% credit on bids to contractors that have them. That makes it more difficult for smaller firms to compete for and, and win bids. And we've heard a lot of concern uh, from our membership about that incentive. And so uh, thankfully the council listened to the business community last night and uh, delayed a final vote. And we've asked them to find some consensus with the industry uh, before moving forward on a proposal like this, or if they can't get consensus, move in a different direction. All right, Jason Ball, Link Chamber of Commerce. Appreciate the time, Jason. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good one, all right? Thank you, you too. ALIN. All right, 710. Beautiful morning in the capital city, 38 degrees already. And going up from there, looking at a high temperature today that will, uh, hey, flirt with 70 degrees here for a couple of days. Uh, Joe Jordan joins us now, News Channel Nebraska. Time to talk to Nebraska news and uh, politics. Morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Enjoying the weather, Jack. That's great. I know it's great, but I got I believe I other people get on me if I don't say. But we could use some rain. <laughs> we could use some rain. Otherwise, I'm going to get mad text messages. So I'm just going <laughs> to going throw that. It sounds like we might get some this weekend. So uh, perhaps perhaps that would be good. Hey, I I, uh, I, I woke up this morning doing my prep, reading a lot about. Um, some of the new revenue forecasts that that came out yesterday, and some of the people that I've talked to have said, "Hey, this this is going to have a big impact on what happens exactly with these with some of these tax bills that are out there." Probably the n- most notable one uh, about the income tax rates. Um, e- evidently, 
Um, the projections are now up to $775 million for the year ending June 2023, despite the you know, the economic situation that is that is going on. It's another time where we've got a pretty positive revenue report out of the forecasting advisory board. I, I, I'm curious, just kind of knowing the politics around the, the, the debate that's going on with this income tax bill, how much do you think this makes more likely or maybe it was likely already for, for these some of these tax cuts and especially that income tax cut to actually get through the legislature and get signed by the governor? I can't imagine it, it. There's any way that those tax cuts don't go through. Yeah, it, it, it would just stun me. I mean, to begin with, before last week, before the projections uh, came out uh, on the uh, second round, halfway through uh, of Bill's movement here on the second round of debate, uh, there was like you know two votes against it. Uh, some Democrats. And there were a couple Democrats, and 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 some Democrats didn't vote because they didn't they didn't want to be you know for or against it at that moment in time. It was in the middle of the filibuster debate, uh, but I, I just think it's, it makes it it makes it almost impossible because if you if, if you're you know if you're running and you're voting against a tax cut, that's difficult to begin with. Um, secondly, if if, as the governor and uh, Senator Linehan have been making the case over and over and over again, it's time to give the money back to the people who paid it uh, at a time when the state has this incredible surplus uh, that, we've, that, I, that I can't remember. We've seen it, it like this before. Now, obviously, and you've got you know the uh, federal COVID relief money that, that's poured in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's it, it's befuddling to me uh, in, in in terms of. Trying to, because I'm, I'm far from an economist, but we've gone through two years of this, you know, the pandemic and and shutdowns and what have you, and the state is flush with money. Uh, the mm-hmm. feds are th- have thrown it out all over the table. Now, everybody's gonna say, yeah, but what about inflation? That's obviously a, a, an issue, but trust me, inflation doesn't have anything to do with these tax cuts. I, if they don't go through, I'm gonna be sh- absolutely stunned. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, it's not just revenue, it's the, it's the tax collections. And, and, and is the big debate here that this centers around, uh, I mean, part of it is just general policy, but I think part of it, and maybe you can give me a little more background on this, is exactly how much you need in this rainy day fund, a so-called rainy day fund, the cash reserve fund. This is going to bring the projected number on it, because some of it goes into there by law, to $1.7 billion after the biennium is over. Um, and the question is that, is that enough? Is that too much? Where are we on that? Is that the biggest factor that kind of plays into the debate around this? That's been a factor. And then the other question is, uh, for those who have tried in their own way to oppose uh, these cuts or, or at least maybe rein them in a bit, don't make them, make them less, uh, less a number than they already are, is that this, this is, the state's losing revenue. And if the so because if, if if the state's giving this money back, the state's taking will have less money in the in, in its pot. So in the end, the state's going to have less money. What happens to all these programs that we've got out there? Our, our our social service programs, for instance, going to be cut? But that argument is tougher to make when when the revenue forecasts keep going up, and and the, and the other side can say no. Services aren't going to be cut because we've got simply more money than we ever anticipated having. So those who are in opposition 
uh, and it's not a real strong opposition at the moment uh, because the numbers are just going the other way. Those who have any opposition, there aren't a lot of arguments that they have left in their quiver to uh, to, to fire at this thing. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Senator Linhan a moment ago. She was waiting uh, last week. Uh, she said, you know, "Let's let's get this thing off a off a second round, move it forward. If anybody wants to make any changes at that point, we'll have the new revenue projections, and we can go from there." Well, now they have the revenue projections and. And, and and the case that she's been making and that the Governor Riggs has been making is actually, you know, on far more solid ground now than it, than it ever was before. So, again, if if, if the Nebraskans don't see that, that, that tax cut uh, in, in the next year or so, it, it'll shock me. Um, the, the long range on this and, and what nobody knows, and this is this question comes up all the time. You know, uh, is this going to help any businesses come to Nebraska? If if if, if high yeah. income earners, for instance, will be making more money because they'll be taking less off of the taxes, uh, will come will corporations be more willing to you know locate here or expand here? You know, I've watched that for for forty years in Nebraska, and I don't. It, it's 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 such a moving target. Uh, who comes? Who doesn't come? When they come? When they don't come? There are studies on all sides of that issue that say it works, it doesn't work. Uh, But in the end, in this debate right now, that's only been a – it's come up, but it hasn't been a a raging issue. I think for the most part it's been if these cuts occur, uh, the state is going to have less revenue and and less money uh, for for social programs and what have you. And, again, that argument is is being diminished by the fact that the state just have – is so flush with cash. Well, and, and it's interesting because I know uh, Iowa, at least, I, I haven't fully stayed up to date on the bill, but I know at least uh, had a significant income tax cut that was passed in their house. Uh, South South Dakota doesn't have income tax as well. It just seems like at a time where you're a little bit of a, a, a competition between these states, like you said, whether or not that truly has impact or that's debatable at this point. But there is, I, I think there is a little bit of pressure from Nebraska's neighbors right now for something like this. Yes, I don't know that that's a driving factor in this mm-hmm. uh, because I mean you know for I mean South Dakota has had that policy for forever. Yeah. Uh, and and yes, Iowa is uh, is is cutting back uh, on their taxes uh, in the income tax side specifically. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I've not heard that argument made on the floor. I've not discussed it with uh, lawmakers in, in one-on-one conversations. So I don't know that that's been a driving factor. Uh, like I said, the two main points always seem to be these program cuts. How, you know, will, 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 there, will cuts in programs occur because the states can have less revenue? And does this enable other corporations and companies to either move to Nebraska or expand uh, because people are going to have more money in their pockets? I, again, those those seem to be the two driving arguments uh, when it comes to the, these these tax cut issues. Isn't it interesting? Just from a, a side standpoint, uh, there are so many policies that people say are driving people away from or into Nebraska. It, it's an argument for every side of everything. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? It's just and like everybody everybody kind of just says, well, you know, it's the things that I'm passionate about, which is driving people into or away Nebraska. It's our, there's no consensus on that. It feels like on a whole schmear of issues from right to left well and in in the city of omaha specifically in the in the last month because the mayor has announced the uh uh 
plans to put a streetcar downtown, basically, that that's a, that's that's going to drive young people to 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 Omaha. Well, I, you know, I don't know that it is or it isn't, uh, but that's just a, that's that's another argument. Uh, no, okay, of, of Joe. Other. Nobody is moving to Omaha because of a streetcar. I'm sorry. There's a lot of good reasons to. I'm sure that would. I honestly can't imagine having a conversation with someone like, "Yep, yeah, streetcar put me over the edge." It's, it's not well, in the top ten of the things I'm looking at. I know, but you. But you. I guarantee you. You. You'll, it's. It's. It's filtering slowly out there, and it's going to be. It's going to be said. By someone at some point in time, that the streetcar because because now young people uh, that don't don't have a car but they want they want and they don't want a car uh, they want to be able to get from point A to point B and they can do it they can live downtown they can live within you know a, a, a four or five mile radius of okay. downtown take okay. the streetcar maybe you know that's that's I'm not I'm not telling you it's working I'm just telling you somebody's going to say it that's 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 the uh, that's the argument here well and then another and, and in Lincoln Joe we're going through this uh, we should find out today exactly how many signatures were gathered for uh, the the fairness ordinance which is an update um, to uh, part of Lincoln's ordinances that would do a, a lot of things but the one that's getting all the attention is uh, including sexual orientation and gender identity in terms of uh, in the word um, gender or sex for the purposes of discrimination rules, housing, public accommodations, uh, employment, and those sorts of things. What has been said a lot of times is that Omaha took a similar step 10 years ago-ish when Lincoln didn't. Now, I don't know how close you covered that or or remember that, but what, what's been the impact? Has I mean, has that come up frequently since it has happened? Have there been uh, do you know that there have been kind of like administrative challenges to people violating this on those bases frequently, bathroom issues, those sorts of things? I remember specifically when it happened, uh, Mayor Stothert was at that point, she was on the city council. She voted against it. Uh, and then and then over time, I don't know where she would stand on today if she was asked if, if, if she was, if that vote would change. But in, in, in terms of your larger question, uh, if there are administrative issues out there, they've been extremely quiet. Uh, there may have been, a, I think that initially when that first happened, there may have been a couple of uh, quote-unquote cases that came out of it. But for the most part, uh, and, and to, to my knowledge, it's, it's been a relatively, you know, quite, you know, 10 years of it. Um, but for the, for the most part, I think it just, it, 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 I don't want to call it feel-good legislation, uh, but it, it seems to me that, that it, gave, it, it gave some in Omaha a chance to say that we're, we're a diverse, we're a diverse uh, city and, and we can go forward with that and we're not going to have, you know, uh, charges against us that we're, that we're, that we're not inclusive. So, um, but in terms of any actual, uh, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to come up with a story in my brain that's, that, that pointed to, to an issue that arose out of that out of that uh, city ordinance. I, I mean, is there any discuss, you know discussion or debate or issues that have come up with the the, the bathroom thing is is brought up a whole lot when it comes to the public mm-hmm. accommodations portion of this law? Has that been a thing in Omaha? No, you know, it was discussed at the state level a couple of years ago, and then there were discussions in it, it, how would Omaha. If, if the state passed that legislation, would that affect uh, you know uh, any situations in Omaha? But it didn't go anywhere at the state level, so it kind of went quietly away. Uh, the, but the bottom line is, is to your to your question is 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 
uh, unless I've missed it, there really hasn't been any great fallout from that piece of uh, that ordinance that was passed some 10 years ago. Okay. Interesting. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. And I trust everyone. Look, I'm sure everybody's on different sides of it. But, man, it has been nice not having masks on all the time. I mean, can we at least all agree on that? My goodness. It's been yeah, – I, I, I just have that panic every time I get out of my car, and i like, oh, no, i got to go back and get it. And then I don't. It's so nice. But you guys didn't have it as long as we did. No, we didn't. And, and it's – I mean, we are certainly on the downside of this. For the first time in months, uh, as of yesterday, uh, the Douglas County Health Department downgraded the downgraded the uh, the county. Uh, we're no longer in that high, you know, red red zone for for transmission of COVID. It's down one notch, uh, and the numbers are dropping, you know, almost daily in terms of number of active cases. Uh, so, it, you know. Uh, you know, you almost hate to say it, but it does, is this the beginning right. of the end of the pandemic? I, I, mean, I pre- every time I say something like that, I say knock on wood, but yeah. because I know I'm the same way. Um, but man, I hope so. I, I think we can all we can all agree on that. But yeah, it's um, same things happening here. It's it's interesting just how predictable you look at these other kind of bell curves that there were all over the country, all over the world, and. It was very predictable with that again. So uh, hopefully good news for a lot of people in Nebraska. And we can talk about other things. Joe, always appreciate your time. We'll uh, we'll check out a News Channel Nebraska. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? Take care, Jack. Thank Hello, you. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, 724. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's time to get them going. Caleb in from Mark Vale today. By the way, you uh, Valians should note that Mark will be back on on Monday. He's uh, just getting a little R&R in right now, which he very much deserves. He can't put up with us every day in <laughs> perpetuity for an entire year. So give him some time off, but he will be back on Monday. Let's get things going. With... Number five. Petition signature number is expected to be revealed today from a number of folks, at least that I've heard over the last couple days. They should have those signatures. I saw them all over the place, all over Lincoln. But this is going to set up, if these signatures come through, a special election, as yesterday was the final day to get those signatures in on the uh, the fairness ordinance. Yeah. Um, and then we are going to lead up. You think the, the rhetoric is hot and heavy right now on this thing. If there's a special election on this, which I, I'm with you, I would be surprised given that relatively low threshold and the cooperation that they've had around community from other partners in getting the signatures. I would be very surprised if we didn't have a special election. I think, you know, I think years ago when this originally got through the city council, I think the thought among city leaders at that time was that if it went to a, a special election on this, it wasn't going to have the votes, and that was not something that they wanted to to see happen. Um, I don't know how how confident they are this time around. I think they probably realized that was going to be something that would be in the cards going forward for this. And the other question is, you know, where is the information going to come from on this? Mm-hmm. Who is going to have the loudest voices when it pertains to the campaign? If there is a campaign for and against, I mean, I think, I think you know, we've got an idea of what the campaign to get the signatures is going to look like. Is there going to be, are there going to be strong, 
you know, funded voices on the other side of this thing mm-hmm. as we get closer to the election as well. Do any of the uh, the are, candidates currently running for office come out for or against the the vote on it? Tie themselves a little bit to yeah. It. A little, I mean, they're mainly. I mean, it's mainly statewide offices now, right. federal offices. But but you know, I think I think probably nowhere most of them most of them are on these things. Right, so. but they've they've also in the past had the arguments about who supported right. or was against Here's something the list. first. Here's the list of people who agree with this. But I mean, I you pretty much give me the name of. You give me the name of the representatives, oh, I and I can too. probably move them to which side, <laughs> which side they're actually on. Um, from from my conversations with people, this uh, it's my understanding this will be a, a special election and um, perhaps a mail in ballot as well. Which I don't know. <laughs> That's going to bring up its own. That you know what I'm just. If that is the case, I can already see the conversation that's going to be coming out of that as well. Yeah. Mail-in versus in-person ballot. Um, so, nonetheless, uh, we're, this is going to be, this is going to be, it is a an emotional debate for a lot of people right now. Um, it is one that you got a lot of people who are very heavily invested in as well. And I did have somebody who had, who had texted me, Michelle texted me, and and. Because I was asking Joe, Joe, I was genuinely curious about this when I was asking Joe. Like, I mean, you've got a little bit of an idea what would happen with something like this. Because Omaha has not the exact same. By the way, I've read them both. Not the exact same. There's a couple of things that I wonder why Lincoln didn't do that Omaha did do, which I just t- discussed yesterday. But they've got uh, the, the similar interpretation of gender in their current anti-discrimination city ordinance. And so I asked Joe, just kind of, how has that been a big deal? Have the, is he, in covering news in Omaha, have there been controversies, litigation, things that go around with that? And, and he essentially said no. And somebody texted in and said, well, it's different because, um, and it's different because the mayor there is not the mayor that we've got there, which nothing is apples to apples. I'm not, I'm not saying, it's not even the exact same. There are a couple of parts where there are different, there's different language, especially, I think, regarding religious exemptions uh-huh but you know re- regard people the mayor the existence of the mayor is still going to be um impactful i suppose on the makeup of the board but in terms of, i'm just wondering if people bring cases all the time on this is the is the kind of the agency law portion of it that goes on is that utilized frequently for some of the issues that we're hearing about for for bathroom issues, for for employment issues, for housing issues, just how significant of an impact or a change has it had? I mean, I don't know how you don't. I, I don't. I don't know how you're not curious about that a little bit for this whole thing because I am. Um, so anyway, nonetheless, that's just an ex- explanation of that. And uh, and Commander Jack texted in and he pointed out rightfully so um, that they can rescind it, rescind it too. And no, I don't know what they plan to do. I have no idea. Why does everyone... I do not have a... The amount of... Uh, the everyone thinks of you have a, think a, a bat got, phone. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went forward with it. But just because I I think they're... The, the, I mean, I think we heard the testimony about this this whole thing. That's going to be... Right. I, have, I don't know. I have no... Listen, just one one quick thing I, I need to just point out generally because I'm getting 
there's a thought that I get some sort of I have sort of like pipeline. I'm not saying Jack is saying this, but, well, the, yeah, but it's been out there. There's for a this bunch idea of that I have some sort of pipeline from the mayor's office of information. There have been so many times, so many times when our monthly interview comes up on a day where there's a significant announcement that is we publicly know is going to happen. Often it was about COVID details, uh-huh. about those sorts of things. And I would basically say, come on, give me some. It's hard to do this interview without knowing what it is going to be, essentially. Not once. <laughs> Not, Caleb, you can verify this. Because yeah. I would say, I was like, this is such a weird interview to do right now because I know three hours after I do it, there's going to be an yep. announcement which changes all of the questions, but I don't know what the announcement is going to be. And... I'm not even though I can I can sweet talk all I want and for no other reason than just to do the interview and there is there is a priority about breaking the news when they want to 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 right. whom they want to so I, I just need to uh, that's not it hit on a little spot there that I seem to get quite frequently well there, there, there's there's that from the mayor's office there was also the idea back in 2020 that we were getting tips from the the health and from the health department because we sent kellen to madsen's to do a live hit and then the health department came by yeah. guys i wish we were getting these tips i don't even I, know <laughs> that i do wish it but it, it's hilarious <laughs> it's uh yeah i am not as i am not oh man Let's talk about I do thing. not want to be a power broker in this Lincoln City politics. If you have listened, I want to be a guy who plays music on Fridays on LNK <laughs> Today with Jack and Friends. And yeah, I've got opinions and thoughts on things, but and I want to talk about those things. But th- th- I, 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 I also want to talk about them as little as possible sometimes, to be honest. Number four. Well, let's talk about some other stuff. State Great. revenues are up. Yes! Which means you got to decide what to do with the money. Do you hang on to it, give yourself that cash reserve, or do you find a whole bunch of fun stuff to spend it on? I'm not the person making that decision. Well, Joe, talk to Joe. He seems to think this income tax uh, reduction bill, those highest level of income tax, and then there's the Social Security part of it and the property tax credit continuation as well. He seems to think with this information, this thing is is coming to fruition. Yeah, here at this point, so maybe a little less pain when you're uh, doing your state taxes going forward on, on a number of those levels. Uh, the by the way, the the property tax credit was already in this year. That would just be extended, but those rates, those top rates, would also go down as well, according to this litigation. So we will see. But the question is. How much do you need in those state coffers for that rainy day fund? And not necessarily what's the impact going to be in 2023, 2024, but Uh what's the impact going to be? Because it'll snowball a bit in terms of revenue, 2026, 2027, those sorts of things. Those are the the questions, but I think probably looks pretty good for those tax bills right now in the legislature. Number three. Nebraska football began spring practice Monday. Met with media after. Top storylines for this spring include the offensive skill positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, how the offensive line will get worked out, who's going to replace Cam Jurgens at center, and whether or not Garrett Nelson will even have a voice by the end of spring uh, when that red-white game rolls around on April 9th. Jack, 
man, that was a busy Monday. We got to talk to everybody. We had six different players. We had yep. all of the assistant coaches. Of course, we had Coach Frost. So you were there for a big chunk of the time. What was kind of your what was your big takeaway from the day? What was the comment that stuck in your head or, or you were talking well, about? Well, everyone wants to know how the quarterback position is going to go. And, and Whipple talked about how Casey Thompson was the number one guy on day one. But nothing is set in stone. It's going to be a very open com- uh, competition. Um, you got to see that Thompson is definitely the front runner. Um, and Chubba Purdy's up there. What kind of steps can Logan Smothers take? Um, has Heinrich Harburg had a had a big um, transformation that obviously he was redshirting this last fall? How big of a jump can he take? And so you have all of that going into this next year. Whipple does like, man, listening to that guy talk about all of his previous stops it is so much fun because he says they're talking about what they want to do with the offense. They want to take the concepts from the NFL, and that's how you sell guys on coming to Nebraska. It's what you're able to learn at Nebraska is going to translate for uh, to help you get to the league. When he was at Brown, sold guys on coming there to be a doctor. I was like, man, you know what? That makes sense. Uh, but also talked about how great it is to be at a place like Nebraska where you can run two different units and get so many more reps going for guys that you can't do everywhere. Not everywhere has enough guys out there. That's a that's not just a plug for the what you're able to do at Nebraska, the facilities, but the walk-on program, able to have as many guys out there to fill all of those positions. So where you're at with the, with the quarterback room, um, Frost sounded really excited about stuff. And obviously, it wasn't a it's a first day, so not everything's going to be clean. But um, Frost liked the way the offensive line came off the ball a little bit more downhill. But uh, they're not even with Whipple being here. It doesn't sound like they're overhauling the offense. Yeah. You might see more tight ends out there, uh, some more two tight end hey, sets. Let's go. Which I'm absolutely speaking my language. About. Um, and you're not going to have Vokalek during the spring, so Fedoni's going to get a lot more reps. And, uh, Car- Got young guys in there. Carney, you're going to get all those Carney. guys. Knew that kid when he was in diapers. You know, uh, <laughs> I did. Things, things get weird when you bring that up. That's not weird. It's just, it's just uh, you know, you have friends. Gonna go watch the state their- basketball tournament. Well. Saw that kid in diapers. Oh, they ran around naked in my backyard. <laughs> okay, weird. not all of them involved. Okay, wow. <laughs> Number two. Went out for pizza with them, had a birthday party. I mean, geez, Caleb. <laughs> Lincoln's run of unseasonably warm weather rolls on today. Highs in the 70s. And tomorrow looks like we could flirt with 80 before dropping down a bit into the 50s and 60s through Saturday. Is this officially the weirdest winter weather you remember? Yes, this is the winter I've always hoped we might get at some point. The year without a winter? I have always said, in, you know, I mean, this is how the 60-degree guarantee came to life is just <laughs> my optimism that sometime it's just not going to really happen. And yeah, there have been a few moments. We also had like tornadoes in December, which, which probably compounds the weirdness. But yes... This is the winter I always have hope <laughs> in the back of my mind and my heart that might actually happen, and I always have my soul crushed because it never happens, and February seems like it is five months long, and this year, here I am, cargo shorts on March 1st, haven't really put them away for the winter at this point. I know we need the moisture, I agree, um, but I- I'll tell you what. It's done some good things for my mood this year. Yeah, well, I... It, it, it yes, has done it has. Some, I mean, le- legitimately, <laughs> I wonder if other people feel that way. Because at some point, you get to that point where the the snow is just caked on the streets everywhere uh-huh. for a month, two months at this point. It's always that biting wind when you go outside. Shoot, sitting on my deck, did a whole bunch of work outside over the weekend. 
It's it's pretty good. Well, it's, there is the a possibility. Of let's get some rain. Let's get some rain. And there's possibility of this, this weekend. Yes, yeah, so a possibility of some inclement weather on Sunday, and that's actually moved some Husker softball. They have their their home opener through this weekend. They've moved some games around. They'll actually uh, not play on Sunday at all. And all the eight to fourteen day outlooks are looks like they're saying next week we're going to get back to below normal temperatures. But keep uh-huh. in mind, below normal temperatures doesn't doesn't necessarily mean, you know, high of two. It means, like, high of 37. Yeah. Right? So, we've almost made it, guys. We've almost made it. Number one. Besides being Nebraska's birthday, today is Fat Tuesday. Hey! New Orleans set to host their first full-scale Mardi Gras celebration since 2020. And for some who observe Lent, it is your last day to indulge. I wonder if, if people uh, who... Who regularly give something up for Lent, and I, I, you know, I know the traditional Catholic practices, but even a lot of Protestants do something uh-huh. like that. A lot, a lot of people do it. How much do you indulge on Fat Tuesday night and whatever that thing is? Right, right. Like if you're, you know, giving up chocolate, you just have a stack. Just have do a you stack go get of that, those king size Hershey's? That one pound Hershey bar. Right, right. If you're doing that, if you're giving up coffee. Or caffeine? Just go to. Are town you just on getting it. yourself on? I mean, are you just hitting espresso shots the whole night long and long and buzzing through the entire night? Have you gone to a a, a Mardi Gras celebration? Not. I know there's there. It I doesn't mean, seem like there's really the Mardi Gras themed here. things, okay. but not. I haven't been to New Orleans. Um, I haven't been to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I've been to New Orleans before, but um, St. Louis has the largest one outside of oh, really? New Orleans. Yeah, you go down to Soulard. Pretty fun through college. I bet. <laughs> Enough said. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> 755, we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. KLIN. All right, welcome back. 811, March 1st, 2022. Glad to have you back with us. Well, you know, occasionally we get to do things like this. I know, I know. Some people think that they've got uh, they've got to go to a preferred uh, media source that is not us to make significant announcements, but uh, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do come to LNK today with Jack and friends. And I've been telling you today, got a candidate who is in studio with me who has been a uh, office holder prior and is going to be seeking a new office. And so I want to welcome into the program. Former city council member Roy Christensen. Thanks. Good morning, Roy. Good morning. It's great to the be here. The mystery shroud is over. It's revealed. <laughs> it's like the mass singer. <laughs> it's a, it's a, <laughs> well, as long as it's not a mass we politician. Should, should, <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. Well, let, let's let's put it out there at the table. I've been I've been teasing it all morning uh, that you are going to be announcing a run for a new office. That's right. Tell us about that. Uh, what is it? District twenty eight here in Lincoln. Does uh, be an an open seat uh, in, the in the legislature, mm-hmm. and so I've decided that uh, after a lot of consideration, a lot of people talked to me about it, a lot of people encouraged me, and and I wasn't sure I wanted, wanted to do it, and I thought, well, it's just going to be an uphill climb, and it's going to be difficult, and my wife said to me, if you don't run because you think you might lose, you've already lost, mm. so there's, there's my wife giving me the inspiration, and uh, so... Yeah, I'm going to give it a try. Well, okay, so there it is. Roy Christensen will be seeking that seat that is now held by Patty Pansing Brooks. Right. She, of course, will uh, term limit out of that, and so this will be in the coming uh, fall election, correct? That's right. Yep. And, you know, I'm running because I think it's time to come together. Uh, we look at our world today, so much strife everywhere. Uh, and world stage, nationally, here in the state of Nebraska, here in our own community, uh, 
I've just become concerned and uh, about the polarization of, of, of politics. The party politics is so harsh these days. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm in the listening business. You know, I'm an audiologist. Literally, literally in the listening <laughs> business. And we, it's time we listen more to the constituents uh, instead of uh, elected officials thinking what they have to say is most important. Well, okay, let me ask you. Th- okay, I have a bunch of int- questions that I find interesting. But I'll, I'll, I'll ask my second one first, though. You know, you were on the city council. You've got it. You had a constituency that was very. We live in Lincoln, right? right. We know what it's like living in Lincoln. I'm doing a. I mean, I've got to know <laughs> who Lincoln is, and we've got a city that is not homogenous in terms of political beliefs, in terms of policy beliefs, without a doubt. Your district, were you to win, is certainly going to be that way. So when you sure. say you're going to listen to people, which you've done before, but you are going to get things that vary widely on a whole lot of, That's right. of issues. How do you how do you process that then if you're going to listen to the constituents? Well, first listening uh, kind of implies understanding. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's time to understand what people are motivated by in our community. Mm. Uh, and I think coming together produces a better result than taking polarized stances. So you know the the problem we really have in our city right now, in my opinion, is when leaders start moving to the middle to reach across the aisle, they get beat down by their own side. Hmm. And so it becomes more increasingly difficult to, to come together, to create compromises. Um, you know, you know, when I listen to people, things happen mm-hmm. and, it, and sometimes it's not even political. For example, uh, a few years ago, I was listening to my constituents and they kept saying, how come there's no veterans parade in Lincoln? Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, that's a good question. And so I took it on, and now we have a Veterans Parade yep. in Lincoln, and I cool. conti- continue to stay involved in that kind of pr- uh, mm-hmm. activity. I'm on the board for the Lincoln Veterans Parade group. Uh, so you know, we've got to come together. It's time to come together. Uh, and, and listening is the first step. And then sooner or later, yeah, you're going to have opposing views, and you have right. to make decisions. Uh, but it's easier to make good decisions when you've heard everyone. Have you had experiences in, in your time at the city council when you have somebody who wants to talk to you and you know they're going to disagree with something you've said or done or will likely do that you've had productive conversations? Ab- absolutely. absolutely. That both sides felt like you had productive conversations? Yes. Yes. And uh, one of them uh, was had to do with housing. And people were advocating very vocally for housing reform in the city of Lincoln. And so on one side, there's there's renters organization. The other side, there's the property owners. And you had to bring them together and listen and reason together. And, and what happens, in my opinion, is when we have soft words with each other, it diffuses anger. So that's important. You know, never, never be accusatory. Never talk to your, your, your friends on the other side as if they're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I think it's really important to, to begin with listening. And another thing about listening here in Lincoln, uh, and one of the reasons I'm running is I've observed over the last number of years that Lincoln tends to elect legislatures, legislators that, that go to the unicameral and then end up getting marginalized and don't get a lot done. And uh, I think that's because of this polarization. Mm. And so we need somebody who can go in there and bring people together instead of taking these diametrically opposed stances and getting nothing done. Mm. Uh, you, but you would, I mean, you define yourself as a conservative, right? Well, uh, sure. Yeah. 
But I'm a practical conservative. Right. I believe in people over politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are what matters. Politics doesn't matter. People do. So when we when we put people's needs first and acknowledge everyone has a good point of view, they're not, they're, people aren't coming to these points of view because they have animosity towards other people. They're com- I, I believe in people that generally have heartfelt, genuine opinions that need to be acknowledged. Hmm. Well, I, I, I appreciate that sentiment. I've found, because in, in, in this job, too, I'll tell you what, I get a lot of people who who aren't happy <laughs> aren't happy with me or something that they either think I believe in and and I I probably reciprocate in a lot of senses and I'll tell you what Roy nearly every time that I've actually had a non-social media conversation where there've been questions are asked you almost always find out that the differences do not there are differences but they don't run in the way that you thought they would in terms of the other person being almost scary i know i agree the internet and social media have made people bold beyond uh, reason because they don't have to look the other person in the eye when they're saying the things they're saying yeah i believe in the face-to-face meeting and and talking to people and listening what they have to say um uh, real quick i want to get to some policy issues but i i respect the heck out of uh people like you and and frankly everybody who is especially at the local level you know your your city councils your school boards your 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 legislatures mm-hmm. i can't imagine what the i mean first the campaigning sounds no fun but then <laughs> but the the actual job yeah. is it's interesting it, it just well legislators in from from lincoln who go to the unicameral need to fight for our fair share and that has not been happening at least in the years that i've been watching it um and you were talking about something this morning, uh, earlier. You're talking about a convention center. Mm-hmm. The state of Nebraska, the unicameral, should have a keen interest in putting a, a convention Absolutely. center right here in the Star City. Yeah. This is the capital city of Nebraska. We need, as a state, to make this our showcase. Thank you. And that yeah. hasn't been happening at the unicameral level. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because so, uh, somebody who watches unicameral, you know, you know, obviously nonpartisan unicam, but there are certainly sort of partisan-like divides, but... There's a lot of <laughs> urban-rural divides as well mm-hmm. in the unicameral. So it's yes. really interesting to hear you say what you just said there about standing up not only for a side on the ideological spectrum, but standing up for the city as a whole. Oh, it, in has, the legislature. To, it has to be done. Um, so in the end, I really hope people will vote for me because I can bring uh, some experience and practical wisdom, I think, to the unicameral that will benefit everybody yeah. on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Didn't you enjoy being out of the game, though, Roy? Come on. That's got to feel... I mean, for a while, that's got to feel really good, doesn't it? it? It's been a nice break, but I have always felt called to serve. Um, This life, in my opinion, is not about things. It's about people and helping other people and having good experiences doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. For instance, you know, the the states... You probably heard me talking about this, too. The states... Got, uh, they're trying to do, decide what to do with like, gobs of money right now, frankly, because of what you've got from COVID relief, from what you've got in terms of revenue projections that are, interestingly enough, seem to be better than projected. That's a lot of what this legislature is doing. When those kinds of questions, and those are big ones, come in front of you, how are you going to take a look at a question like well, that? Well, I listen to the people, sure, but I also begin with a philosophy that the money belongs to the people, not the government. So with that perspective... It, uh, that would color my decision. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's fascinating that so much of what's going on right now is trying to decide, you know, whether or not to give an income tax to, whether or not to build a lake, whether to whether or not to do all these different things. Um, let let me ask you this: Are there specific? I mean, you've talked about listening, you've talked about representing Lincoln, you've talked about uniting and those sorts of things. But in terms of policy issues, when we get down to it, that are going to be priorities for you if you are elected to the legislature representing Lincoln, what would they be? Well, I think priority has to be working across the aisle. That's beginning. Not not the what, but the how. Mm-hmm. You, I'm going to go about these kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, working with people who have a similar mindset. I worked very well on city council with Benny Shobe mm-hmm. because he and I, while we have very different perspectives, we can work together. Uh, but for things that need to be done, we need tax reform. The, this, the citizens of the entire state of Nebraska have been crying for tax reform. That's got to happen. And, and the, the problem really looming over us as a state is if the unicameral does not tackle it, there will ultimately be some kind of referendum and it will be worse than any compromise that the the legislature could come up with. You know, you've if, if you've listened to me, you've heard me kind of remark so many times at so many issues where the legislature hasn't hasn't gotten anything done or even taken action that people don't like. Whether whether it's I mean it's all over the board politically too, from death penalty to expansion of Medicaid to minimum wage to gambling mm-hmm. to medical marijuana is next. And is that I mean when you see those sorts of things and you might be a legislature, I'm curious how that colors how you would do your the job. The solution to all these problems ultimately ultimately begins with coming together instead of instead of t- yeah, taking these polarized positions. Uh, you know, and, and the people that don't believe like I do, well, they're just all jerks and idiots. And, you know, that has to stop. Mm-hmm. And it has to stop, well, frankly, everywhere. But we have to start somewhere, and we need to start in Lincoln, Nebraska. Come together, reason with each other instead of yelling at each other. Well, it, it almost seems to me like in, in legend, I mean, everybody's very interested in and in very closely representing their constituents and, and their beliefs, but it sometimes comes at a cost of being productive in the legislature and then right. as you referred to with the potential like property tax but i know there was a property tax ballot initiative that was at least discussed that would i mean th- there were all kinds of things out there that basically take the legislature well, out of the process i think the legislature's had two swings and two strikes at this issue and if they strike out a third time they will go to a referendum there's no doubt in my mind so the the, the solution is come together and talk it out yeah not take your your firm stances based on party well, affiliation. If you are in in the legislature now, that's going to happen with medical marijuana. Okay, yes. I mean that's mm-hmm. it. It's going to go to the ballot. From you know, what from what people tell me, it's going to pass. What would you be doing in the? Uh, I mean, what would you be doing in the legislature about that well, right here, now? Here's it's a sticky situation, but let me tell you, I've got dear friends who say no. This is just a gateway to bigger problems, and I've got other dear friends. Another dear friend in particular who has pain constantly every day of his life and has told me roy if i i went to colorado for a week and it was the best week of my last 10 years because i could use medical marijuana and it alleviated my pain when my pain was at a an eight on a daily Mm. basis it was down to a two or a one Mm. so there there are valid points on both sides of this issue personally if i could wave a magic wand i'd say okay we've come up with medical marijuana that is dispensed through a, a pharmaceutical process, through a pharmacy with a prescription from your from your pharmacist, and it's an inhaler. Mm-hmm. 
job done. Mm-hmm. No. You know, but that's not what's being proposed. As it is, it'll go into. It's going to go to the ballot, and I yep. think there's a good chance that it'll that it'll pass in the form that the ballot the the people who right. wrote it provided that it doesn't get taken again, down by the another by one of those issues. Minute. Another one of those yeah, issues. Exactly. Uh, I know I'm short on time. Kill. Can I ask one more question? Because I really wanted to. I'll allow it. Thank you. Just because I know the question. I probably was going to, no matter what. I, I, I'm curious. This is not necessarily related, although I'm, I, I'm sure your military service plays into a lot of the things that you think. But now that I've got you in here, I'm curious. I've been thinking about military operations and actions and strategy more than I usually do because of what's going on in Ukraine. I'm just curious, what's what's kind of your, not even necessarily political, but as you watch this all unfold, sure. what are your thoughts? Um, I think that the Russian uh, aggression is uncalled for, but militarily, it's a goat rope. Uh, they've got, you know, I watch all the things I see on TV, I watch things on the internet, and they're bogged down. They are unorganized the the putin has already relieved his chief of staff for his military forces because of the screw-up that this is Uh, i'm very concerned about um thermobaric weapons they were seen on Mm -hmm. i I saw them and i actually saw a video of a uh, a drone from the ukraine destroying one of these weapon systems these things are evil they are banned uh weapons and Putin is shoving those into the Ukraine. Uh, these are weapons that just suck the air out of everything and then leave the people all dead, mm. but the building's intact, mm. for example. Oh. And, other time, and other types of those weapons will just incinerate everything, mm-hmm. uh, equal to or worse than a nuclear bomb without uh, the radiation residue. Yeah, but inspiring to see, you know, and it's out there. They're outmanned and they're outnumbered, but it's, there's been some inspiring stuff in there, yep. I think, too. Yeah, it's going to be a world changer. I'm concerned about uh, what happens next with China. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's one of the a lot of people say, well, Ukraine. But yes, China, Taiwan is a big, obviously a big implication for all of this. Well, um, Roy, I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you, you you picking to do it here. Well, please vote for me out there in District 28. And uh, it's time to come together. District 28 goes from 84th on the east all the way to 10th Street. Jeez. And uh, yeah, it's long and it goes between A and O. Our legislative districts and, are weird. And it has like a big chunk that comes down near the country club on the west side. It's, it's strange, but uh, that's the district it is. All right. So, so there you go. Roy Christensen running for legislature, kicking off his campaign right here for District 20 and on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Thanks, Roy. I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk again soon, all right? You're welcome. There you go. Take 27. Take a break. Sports coming up after this on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. Waking babies in the North Bottoms. And then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. 838 LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us. This March 1st, 2022. 41 degrees in the capital city. And we are joined by the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. JB, it's Jack Attack time. Good morning. It's always Jack Attack time. Even when you're not on the air, I feel the spirit. <laughs> it's good. I'm glad that I live. I'm glad, I'm glad you've accepted me into your heart. That's good. Everyone's on offense, and we need it. We got what? Pandemic, war. What next? Locusts? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. No, I mean, between between those things and Nebraska men's basketball winning a game by like 30 points, I don't oh. know what to expect anymore. Uh, yeah, we, Armageddon, hopefully not that, but uh, <laughs> Ohio State's running scared. I love it. Uh, uh, here, I'm back all in, JB. I am back. All, I'm back yep. when you and I went to the Creighton game together. I have reset to that point in my life right now, and I'm ready to go for a Tuesday night of basketball in the Better Big Ten. than never. Hey, I'm, got, I'm calling Nebraska Cinderella when the glass slipper fits. <laughs> I I uh, quoted you on my Twitter account on during that game on uh, on Sunday night. I don't know if you saw that. I quoted you. I said, as my good friend John Baylor always says, peak at the right time. So nice. right out of the right out of the Baylor uh, playbook there. As a long suffering Red Sox fan pre two thousand and four, oh yeah, oh yeah, I learned every year you don't win World Series in April. That's true. That's yeah, true. If you're, if you're busting pinatas the first week of May, it's a bit premature. <laughs> and if it's this year, you don't win any games because you don't play them in April. Excellent point. <laughs> I like it. And boy, my life is at a, at a complete standstill because of the, the the stalled baseball negotiations. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get through April without like a Rangers Twins game on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Firing up MLB extra innings yep. app, getting in there. It's a freezing cold day at Target oh. Field. All the players are wearing those hoods, oh. blowing steam. Yeah, if there's no baseball, I'm just telling the whole Baylor family, everyone to the cellar. We've got canned goods. We'll get through this one. Guys, the the Rays and Blue Jays are on. Let's go, everybody. Let's get it going. I love it every year. There's some, you know, wag who's writing for some big paper. He says, you know, pitchers and catchers report this week. Like, oh, the world is right again. (laughs) You know, between pandemic war and the oncoming locust infestation, no. (laughs) Doesn't do it for you. you. I hope they all get back on the diamond at some point. I do too, uh, and, and uh, you know, I was I, I was feeling the all is right with the world thing when Nebraska baseball got started, and now look at this, JB. After the hot, uh, you and I talked about that hot end of last season and matching up with Dave Van Horn, and and here we are, another men's sport, one and five. It's oh. early. It's early. <laughs> you remain calm, just like men's hoops. It's still early. <laughs> this sucker can turn around. On a dime. But I'll tell you this much for baseball. You want to help the sport of baseball, home plate umpires, call strikes. Mm. All right? No one is going to the game to figure out how some young star is going to win the Saber metrics uh, <laughs> racket and, you know, get walks. All right? It's called the armpits to the kneecaps. <laughs> call the dog on strike zone. They call this postage stamp strike zone, and they wonder – why people are on their cell phones requiring netting now to go not just to the edge of like the you know the the on deck circle, but actually all the way down to the, the foul poles because all the fans are on their phones and if they get hit with a foul ball, game hey, over. You got plenty of time to wordle while some while somebody walks. There's no doubt about it. It's a you know you figure in uh, seven eight pitches, couple foul balls, plenty of time to wordle. Maybe wordle a couple of times, although I don't think you can do that. So well, at USC they play the fight song like when the opposing team it was offside. 
So I'm thinking if you're at a USC baseball game with the lack of action these days, I think you got to play it when you get a walk. I mean, it's just not a lot of action right now. And part of the problem is the umpires are not calling the original strike zone. I think that would pick up the pace, put many more balls in play, and really increase the attractiveness of the sport, which I love. But doggone it. You know, you know how much time – in a big league ball game passes before a ball is put in play on average a little less than five minutes. You've got to wait a little less than at least last season Mm -hmm. until a ball is put in play, forcing a fielder to field it. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's just, that's a lot of patience. It's rough. It's rough. Okay. Now I'm curious. I don't know what what I expect the answer to this to be. Do you wordle? Do you know, first of all, do you know what wordle is? I do, and I want someone to teach me how it is played. Okay, it's. I mean, I feel like, as usual, I'm the on the outside looking in, and others are enjoying a, a life I can only dream about. <laughs> it. I mean, it's basically you. You guess a five letter word. Try and guess what it is. It'll tell you how many letters you have right in the correct space, how many you have right but are not in the correct space, and then you keep right. taking attempts to, to get. I, I, I did it once. It was fine. Caleb does it every day. He's really weird about it. So uh, Caleb's fired up, but uh, how many five-letter words are there? I don't know. Caleb? I, I you... At some point, you exhaust them, and you start repeating. Like, oh, yeah, this was Wordle April 4, 2019. <laughs> The, the limit does not exist. There's too many. Okay. okay. Too many options. I, I'm just thinking it might be a good exercise for kids that are prepping for standardized tests, JB. I'm just, I, I got, it probably would help. I agree. Anything that enhances linguistic knowledge, I'm all for. And I am late to this game. What else is new? I'm still excited about microwave ovens. So I am uh, going to get this thing figured out. Seriously. And I'll tell you this much. With kids today, you need what is called the gamification of learning because these kids are used to screens. And if you're just a regular old homo sapien in front of them and you're trying to entertain them, it's rugged. Mm -hmm. So you got to, you know, put on your dancing shoes and tap dance and and do flips and keep them engaged. Well, if you gamify learning, I'm again, the the whole language is completely malleable. But anyway, this is a new word I've learned. Uh, it can really engage them. And you got, you know, apps like Kahoot's and maybe Wordle is part of that. And I will get it figured out better late than never. Hey, JB, uh, Wordle has more options than Nebraska volleyball has middle blockers for next year. <sighs> I'm not surprised. Well, you know, Kaylin Myers, she's such a dear. She's such a, a happy, wonderful, giving, beloved member of that team. Oh, my gosh, the players love her. Uh, fabulous family. Her mother, Peggy was on the 94 team my first year. In fact, Peggy was on the back of the bus uh, with me a few times and taught me a lot about volleyball. Absolute fabulous woman. Six, uh, five children with her husband who was a track star at Nebraska. Anyway, I just think with the Olympics three years off, Kaylin would have waited one more season and hung out with Nebraska volleyball. But I think I think she's got to kind of start re-sculpting her body perhaps to like really be able to push that shot put even farther. I don't know all the details, but I think this is a bit of a loss. And now, you know, Kayla Caffey's uh, return is, is more important than ever because I think Kaylin was ready for prime time, but I don't know. I mean, you got uh, the, the, the country's gain is the Huskers loss. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for our country, but when it steals a Husker, I'm, I'm less excited. 
Like I said, it's like uh, it's like when the Nebraska rifle team takes on our army in a match. Yeah, I feel like I don't know what to do there, and this is uh, to a smaller degree the the same situation. So yeah, the, uh, you just say go big red and then white and blue. <laughs> Right, just cover cover all your bases. Yeah, you, but that that is a good point with the, the Kayla Cappy with still a little bit of uncertainty there. Little total uncertainty. We haven't got any word yet. Yeah, it's it's not clear. It's just because it, she's such an unprecedented case. The NCAA is really mulling this one over. A seventh year player. She's already had two red shirts. You add a COVID to it. Uh, this is she's already got one graduate degree, and now she'd get a second. So. There's a lot they're thinking about, but uh, boy, we could use her without Kaylin Meyer there. Is there any idea when you're going to have a, a final answer on that from the NCAA? Well, for her sake, hopefully after the Hawaii trip. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. She, she's like, unless it's yes, then you hold off until after we get back from Maui. <laughs> Yeah, we're about to rule. Why don't you take a few more weeks? You mull it over. Give it a second thought. Don't want to rush into this. I remember back in 2014, and trust me, Husker volleyball was totally different back then. I mean, the rebrand, you know, the Kelly Hunter, Michaela Fecky uh, era just has transformed everything. But anyway, back in 2014, there were like four Huskers who decided to transfer, which, you know, these are great kids. But it was frankly, it was it, it was very helpful, as, you, as in retrospect, you can see. But anyway, guess when they announced they would be transferring from Nebraska right after they got back from Hawaii. <laughs> I wonder how that came about. Uh, like, man, we're thinking of leaving, but you know what? These fans here in Oahu aren't too bad. I don't blame them. I don't yep. blame them at all. Speaking uh, of speaking of sands, Caleb and I watched a little. Uh, Watch a little beach volleyball last yes. week. I know you throw out the records when Nebraska and Wayne get together on the uh, beach yep. volleyball sand, and they did exactly that. Hard. We fought. missed the big rivalry, though. What's that oh, one? Oklahoma Wesleyan. Yeah, that is. Oklahoma Wesleyan. You break out the face paint when, no o- love, when, when no, o- West comes to no town. No love lost there. It's a border war. <laughs> Throw out the records. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> Border-ish. So when they start throwing sand between, you know, through the net, you know, things have gotten a little ugly, and hopefully cooler tempers will prevail. The one thing I do, we were, we were watching those games, they do them live on Twitter, I'm sure they'll, they'll continue to do that, but I really do appreciate the effort to put up the um, the little portion on the wall behind the net that has the beach sort of seascape nice. there that you can look and, and really imagine, even though there were people sitting on the chairs at the front that had coats on and stuff, I thought that gives some real nice ambiance in there. I, they should rent that place out for parties. That's nice. If there was a little more dough, i say... Put the sand in a dome with global warming. Just you know, retract the dome. I mean, the, the weather today. I mean, it could play outdoors. It's just, uh, remarkable. But yeah, that's just a great uh, you know three, four, five week training period for basketball. Part of the Husker volleyball resurgence again, dating again, dating back to twenty fifteen, is associated with beach volleyball because one skill all Huskers have is the ability to set and dig and. That's all part of the two-on-two beach game. I but I see these matchups with the you know the Oklahoma Wesleyans and the Wayans of the world, and I and I you know I think of the caliber of volleyball player at these places. I'm like, Nebraska should be just destroying these teams, and they weren't. Why? Uh, it, what gives there with that whole thing? It's early. Just <laughs> uh, you know, it's a good question. That uh, you know, these are indoor players. The skills are not fully transferable. Certainly, they're related. And, you know, my guess is, you know, Wayne and Oklahoma Wesleyan are a little fired up 
uh, to play the Huskers. But, you know, there is a sense that it is a little early and the players are getting used to each other. But, yeah, when you play the, uh, you know, the Pepperdines of the world and these players are specialized beach players and they just focus on the beach all year long, it is uh, not a mismatch, but it, it's, it's tougher for the Huskers. And they'll win two or three of the matches, but rarely do they win the the whole contest against those those uh, specialized beach teams. But, yeah, they do get better over the course of the beach season. But it's also a mental break for them. And simply the Huskers take it a lot less seriously. But, I mean, I've heard of kids going to Wayne because, you know, they want to be teachers. It's a great teacher's college. Yeah. But now I'm, I guess I should start hearing about, hey, I'm going to Wayne. Why? Beach volleyball. Yeah. No, I mean, I, people, everybody's talking. There's a strong just beach culture in, in Wayne. They call it, I've heard it's the, the called the Key West of Nebraska. And so, you know, the uh, Jimmy Buffett statue, that sort of thing, all going on up there. So something to watch. I love watch. reading underneath a palm tree whenever I'm in Wayne. <laughs> Cracking a book. By the way, how do you, how do you, uh, what do you set up when you're setting up a beach volleyball team? You want like one good defensive player and one tall attacker, basically, or a mix of that? Or uh, typically, I, I wonder. Oh, it's a combo, and you want your tall player hitting the final shots. That means she's got to pass it right. So she receives serve, then your smaller player sets, and then your big player attacks. Uh, but uh, all, everyone's got to be completely versatile, learn all the skills. Yeah, you got to be an all-around player. But what a way to grow up! I, you know, I lived in in the Boston area when I was when I was younger, and I and I wish I had like gone all in for hockey because, given my stature, I don't know what I was doing with the basketball. I, mean, I had no future in that sport, but I should have been playing hockey. But the other thing, if I could do it all over again, I'd love to do is like grow up in Manhattan Beach. I would just live on the dog on on the beach. Now I would completely take myself and like. 60 sunblock every day <laughs> unlike folks who my age who grew up in the 80s out there but uh what a fun way to spend your day completely free just head to the beach all you need is a pair of shorts and just play beach volleyball all day it's just an amazing culture and you know it it, it uh it adds a little to the university it adds a little to this uh indoor volleyball program and i think it's part of the recruiting magic that's going on at nebraska we can say hey not only do you get to play in a, you know, a, a premier indoor program with high expectations. But, you know, for four or five weeks, you get to feel like you're hanging out in Manhattan Beach. And if Trev is listening, I'm telling you, you're looking for a little bit more revenue. Let's totally beachify that place. Get some palm trees in there. Let's get that wallpaper all the way around it, and let's rent that thing out. Imagine the buyouts that can pay for. If you start renting that thing out for birthday parties and bar mitzvahs and that sort of thing, it'd be amazing. Oh. Bar mitzvahs, pack the joint. But I remember, with the extra revenue, retractable dome suddenly is fun. Nope, we can do it I today. It. We could do it. We got eighty degrees tomorrow. Jeez. Hey, before we start set number two in the third match against Oklahoma Wesleyan, hold on. Let's just hit this button. There goes the dome. There's the sky. <laughs> Never in my life have I heard a dome make that noise. <laughs> oh. You're right. You'd probably Bluetooth it now. Wouldn't <laughs> Live in between set concert by Jimmy Buffett. I mean, do it all. It's it's all there. All right, JB. Good but weird conversation as always. I appreciate it. And breaking news. We broke a lot of news today. JB wants kids to play with their phones as long as they're learning. You heard it here first. All right. Go. <laughs> all righty. All right, JB, have a good one. John Baylor, it's 855. We went a lot of places on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. 
Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com.